Hello everyone, this is Pastor Dean Thompson with a word of hope. Simon, the self-righteous leper, and Mary, the forgiven sinner. Luke 7 verse 39 When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. It is easy to forget who we are and where we are coming from. When we do, it is even easier to look upon others criticizingly and condemn them because they are at the place where we once were. But when we do that, it is really a sign that we are at a worse place than where we are coming from. Many lack compassion for those who are struggling with the same thing they used to struggle with. This is an evil of our human nature. The Pharisee who had invited Jesus to his home, Mark tells us, was Simon the leper, Mark 14, 3-9. And the woman washing Jesus' feet was Mary, the sister of Lazarus, and Martha. This special feast was being held in celebration of the resurrection of Lazarus, John 12, 1-10. It would seem that this man, Simon, was a close relative or friend of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, because at this feast, Martha was serving, John 12, verse 2, Lazarus was, was reclining at the table, Mary was at the place she loved to be, at the feet of Jesus. The fact that they had access to the house is suggestive of their closeness. A party to celebrate Lazarus' resurrection would not have been hosted by one who is not close to Lazarus. Luke also tells us that Simon was a prominent man. He was a Pharisee. Simon was also the father of Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed Jesus. John 12 verse 4. The fact that Simon was called Simon the leper suggests that he once had leprosy and Jesus must have healed him. We do not have an account of that healing in the scriptures, but it had to have been so. We know that Jesus healed many lepers whose names are not mentioned. In one instance, ten lepers were cleansed by Jesus and only a Samaritan returned to show his gratitude to Jesus. The other nine who were Jews did not. Luke 17, 11 to 19. Only John identified the woman anointing Jesus' feet with a costly perfume as Mary. The other three gospel, gospel writers did not. They just referred to her as a woman. This may be because at the time Matthew, Mark, and Luke were writing their gospels, late 60s to 70s AD, many of the individuals involved were still alive. But by the time John was writing his gospel, 90 to 100 AD, they would have all been dead by then. In John's account of the story, it was Judas who was ridiculing the woman for her apparent wasting of money. Although the text reveals that it was really because he wanted the money, seeing that he was a thief who was in charge of the money bag. Mark tells us that Judas was not the only one going at her, but there were some who were indignant among themselves and said, Why was this fragrant oil wasted? For it might have been sold for more than 300 denarii 
and given to the poor, and they criticized her sharply. Mark 14, 4 and 5. The other disciples were obviously incited by Jesus, by Judas himself, to reprimand the woman. This was also an indirect reprimanding of Jesus for allowing this waste. But Luke gives us another side of the story. He does not tell us about Judas' hypocrisy and greed, but about his father's diabolical thoughts toward the woman and toward Jesus. Like father, like son. Now when the Pharisees, Pharisee who had invited him, saw this, he spoke to himself saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. Luke 7 verse 39 Jesus read the man's heart. This wicked man was judging and condemning a woman who was worshipping her Lord from a heart full of love and gratitude. He probably, he probably was, was, was one who took part in messing up her life and making her the way she was. That would have made him the greater sinner. He was a leper. Leprosy was understood to be punishment from God for sin. Self-righteousness was swelling, swelling his heart and inflate, inflating his, his ego. He forgot where he was coming from and he looked upon the humble servant of God with scorn and derision. In the other Gospels, Jesus defends the woman against the criticizing words of the disciples. But here in Luke's Gospel, he defends her from the cruel intentions and scorn of one who pretended to love her and her siblings. And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. So he said, Teacher, say it. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me therefore, which one of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he, for, whom he forgave, forgave more. And he said to him, You have rightly judged. And, and he turned to the woman and said, said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this, this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has, has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Then he said to her, Your sins are forgiven. Luke 7 verses 40 through 48 Simon's heart was revealed. His hypocrisy was exposed to his own view and the woman's faith and sincerity was affirmed. Judas's hypocrisy was also exposed. Both men were convicted of their sin. Did they repent? It was right after this feast, the leaders decided resolutely that Jesus must die, and Lazarus too. Because of him, many were believing in Jesus. Luke, John, John 12, 11 and 11, 10 and 11. And it was after this feast 
Judas made up his mind to betray Jesus to them. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priests to betray him to them. And when they heard it, they were glad and promised to give him money. So he sought how he might conveniently betray him. Mark 14, 10 and 11. Is it possible that Judas, is the, that Judas' decision to betray Jesus was influenced by his anger towards Jesus for embarrassing him and his father at the feast? Some of us today are like Simon and Judas. We cover our own evil by focusing on and pointing out the faults of others. We wear a self-righteous garb to deceive the world, but nothing is hid from the one who is the light of the world. Aren't you happy that our God not only defends us from the overtly wicked, but also from the ones who are covertly evil and are plotting our ruin? To Simon, Mary was the same worthless immoral woman he knew for many years. She was wearing the same clothes, maybe the same hairstyle, and, and she turned heads the same way when she entered the room. She looked the same to him, but she was a different person. He could only see where and who she was in the past, but she was at a different place in Christ. She was a different person. The grace of God had reached her heart, and she was a transformed individual. She observed that Jesus was invited to the feast, but the basic hospitality that should have been shown to an honored guest was lacking. Usually, according to custom, a servant would have been provided to wash the feet of the guests, and it was customary for kisses of greeting to be given on the cheeks of the one being welcomed. None of this was done for Jesus. Mary saw the obvious disrespect. It broke her heart to the point of crying to see her Lord being snubbed in this way. No servant was there to wash her master's feet with water, but she decided to wash his feet with something far more expensive. She even anointed his head with it. Mark 14 verse 3. No towel was available to dry his feet, but no problem. She used her hair. Nothing was too good for, the, for her Lord and Master. She came to give worship to the one who had saved her. Her heart was filled with genuine love, genuine faith, and genuine humility. And that made her expressions of worship accepted by God. The Lord declared that what she did was to, was to be remembered and spoken of everywhere. The gospel is preached in honor to her. My friends, are you being ridiculed by others who know about your past? Are you being scorned and turned aside because you do not match another person's expectations? Are your expressions of worship being criticized and minimized by those who think themselves worthy? Be assured of this one thing. If you come to God in genuine humility, with your heart filled with genuine faith and love, he will accept you, even when you do not meet the standard of the spectators and criticizers. He embraces you with his grace. He loves you. Mary's background shows that she had a whole lot to be thankful for. She is believed to be the woman of John 8 who was caught in adultery. If she was, 
then we know that she received mercy and forgiveness. She was caught like a bird in a snare. Seven devils were cast out of her. Luke 8, 1-3. Her brother Lazarus was raised by Jesus. And we need to understand that Lazarus was the, sec was, was the security of Mary and Martha. And him being dead placed them in a most vulnerable position. Her heart was filled with gratitude to Jesus. He delivered her from her sinful habits. He freed her from demonic possession. He gave her value in herself. Jesus showed and revealed to her her true value. Because of him, she now understood that she is special. She is accepted by God as his own daughter. And she wanted more than anything to show her appreciation for Jesus. She saw that he wasn't being treated in the, with the basic form of hospitality, which was much less than what he truly deserved. Truly deserved. And so she decided to show him honor, to show him worship, by washing his feet with fragrant, expensive perfume and drying them with her hair. She was expressing her gratitude by giving her all in worship. Here are some life lessons for us today as we look at this story. First life lesson. The person whose heart has been touched by Jesus can never remain the same. Simon may have thought Mary was the same person as he knew her, but she was a different person. She may have looked the same, maybe in the same clothing, but her heart was different. Men look at the outward appearances, but God sees the heart. Judas may have thought she was excessive and overdoing things, but Jesus accepted her love and her worship. Second point. When our heart has been touched by Jesus, nothing is too much or too good to give him. Third point. When we are worshiping God in spirit and in truth, the enemy often raises up someone to seek to discredit our worship and make it seem like we are worshiping in vain. But worship God anyway. Fourth point. Jesus accepts our worship, our expressions of worship, when it is motivated by genuine love, genuine faith, genuine humility. Even when it doesn't meet the standard of others, once it is motivated by genuine love, genuine faith, and genuine humility, God accepts us. Fifth, fifth point. Sometimes the one who seeks to discredit our worship are themselves the real impostors. May God help us to give him true worship, to give him our all. And may God help us not to be impostors in worship. Loving Lord and Father, help us, O oh God, to truly give you our all. Do not hold back anything from you, but to worship you with our whole heart, regardless of what others think or regardless of what others say, regardless of, what, uh, oh, oh, of how others see us. Help us to just focus on you and to worship you with our whole heart. 
and in worshiping you, O God, may you help us to be transformed into your likeness. Give us a heart like yours, we pray. Teach us how to love, not to condemn, not to criticize, not to judge, but a heart to love, to appreciate, to respect a heart like yours. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, my brothers and sisters.